This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. It's going to be very interesting to see how much hate mail uh, is a result of this podcast today, I can guarantee you there's going to be a little bit. Things that I'm going to discuss today, you know, rain on that level of truth spectrum that seems to anger a lot of people. Why is that? Truth makes people angry. Well, I want to let you know I can take it. Here's the email address right up front. Info at ChristopherScottShow.com. I read them personally. There's no filter. There's no AI. There's no assistant. There's no producer. It's just me. You can write to me. And um, if you're nice, I don't have to be nice. Just be um, stick to the issues. You You don't have to tell me what you don't like about me. Although I do appreciate feedback. That's for sure. It's fine. Let me cover a couple of quick things here before I get into the meat of this today because there's a lot to say. It's going to be a little deep today. I know not everybody likes that. Some people like the um, the entertainment value of the podcast, which, of course, I enjoy bringing sometimes. But that just comes spontaneous. I had a big run of, of Gab posts over the weekend. Ended up in the Gab trending column. I'm just amazed by that. Uh, you can check it out for yourself. But, um, yeah, I was looking at it. And the things that I was doing over the weekend, I just I looked at replicas. Like, it's just the mood doesn't strike me. And uh, it's just that, you know, when the creative time comes, it comes. When it doesn't, it doesn't, I guess. When it, when it comes, you have to grab it. That's why I have a digital notebook to capture everything I can, I guess. Anyway, before I get into the meat of this stuff today, I want to go over a couple of quick things. Uh, I caught a lot of flack over this. I said that uh, drones might be a better alternative than fireworks. And, oh, the blessed little souls that had to argue with me about that. Listen. First of all, uh, you know, I think life has, has bigger issues, right? You know, let's focus on the important things. Secondly, for those of you that are arguing with me, you have no clue what you're talking about. Absolutely no clue. And quite frankly, I found quite a few people that agreed with me, mostly men my age. Don't really want to hear loud bangs, booms, and fireworks. Appeals to me none. You know, you know, what, you know what's a much uh, joy, more joyous sound to me? Uh, fire, uh, uh, firearms, <laughs> firearms going off, firearms being fired, a lot more interesting than fireworks to me. So I don't appreciate the noise. I don't want to go somewhere and sit in the field and look up and see fireworks. It's just not interesting to me at this point. I all the time look up at the sky. I was just doing it last night. This beautiful skyscape came through here. But I'm not going to drive. We have the great uh, school district next to us, which is happens to be very close to where we're at. Incredible fireworks that draws people from around the area. We don't go. No interest at all. Friends invite us. I got other things to do. Too busy. I don't know. Beyond that, it's expensive as all get out. It's not like you can reuse the things. And secondly, most people don't realize it, but there is a, a pollution uh, value to those things. And I don't know that that's the right way to say it. I told you, um, I shared the story that there was a, a car dealer uh, that I remember getting damaged. Um, from fireworks go fireworks display, you know, was everything okay? Yeah, everybody survived. They did, but I'm telling you, there's there, there's consequences to these things that most people don't realize, and they want to tell me I'm wrong about it. And they say, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about. 
Then I saw this, I thought I'd mention it, CNBC. Fireworks damage uh, $59 million in property every year. What could be done with that money? I don't know. House the homeless? House homeless veterans? Buy a Casio Cortex, a new car? Something more than just burning it, literally. So I say to you, I'm right because I'm always right. And if people would just uh, learn to understand that, then we'd get along a lot better. I'm kidding around. Look, I don't mind people disagreeing with me. I'm really joking around. Uh, But I'm telling you on some of these things, I know what I'm talking about. You may not agree with me, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. I wanted to point this out. I I saw this on on, uh, Twitter there. Um, I don't know who it is that posted this. But anyway, uh, the Spanish, uh, socialist Spanish minister. I'm not sure what that is, this female. Uh, took a jet to this private conference, and then a uh, hundred yards before the the the, the uh, you know the venue, she jumps out of the limousine and takes a bicycle while the security cars follow her for the photo op. And it looks to be uh, probably an electric bike as well. So this is the kind of this is what like Ocasio Cortex going by the fence in the parking lot and pretending that she's at the border. How do you really live with yourself when you're playing these kinds of games? And then the media is doing it as well. Interesting stuff, right? Let me pretend that I'm riding the bike. Let me pretend that I'm by the border. But those are those are good, right? Those are interesting. But this one takes the cake. Listen carefully. Let's see if I can get it going. You have bombs going off, and you. Have- uh, this is John Kerry. I should have teed this up a little better. John Kerry talking about. Ukraine. Listen carefully. But when you have bombs going off and you have damage to septic tanks or to power centers, etc., you have an enormous release of, uh, of greenhouse gas, of methane, of, uh, you know, all of the family of greenhouse So let's go back a second here. Did he really just say that? That the war in Ukraine... And the uh, the bombing of septic tanks is releasing methane and or greenhouse. Are they indistinguishable? Which is it? I believe they have the same effect from a climate perspective. Well, first of all, to suggest such a thing, if you don't realize, is such utter nonsense that somehow, and I'm not saying that there isn't an issue, you know, if wastewater treatment plants are being damaged, uh, what happens then the sewage just goes in the rivers. And it can be a serious problem. People don't realize. People don't appreciate modern sewage systems the way they might if we didn't have them. It's a huge problem. The smell, the bugs, the dirt, the bacteria. Modern sewage systems have probably done more to extend the life of the average person around the world than, than anything else, if I had to guess. Maybe farming and things like that, but I'm telling you, it's a big, big deal. So I don't doubt that, that there could be issues with all that, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. He has no idea what he's talking about. Septic systems. And so my septic tank got blown up on the farm, and somehow that's contributing to climate change? That it's destroying our planet? Well, let's give old John Kerry the benefit of the doubt. Okay? You say, Chris... One, if it's one, one ton of, of carbon, it's too much. <laughs> okay, okay. Then we got a big, big problem. Because there is methane belching out of the ground everywhere. Now, they're going to tell you that exactly, exactly. It's coming out of the ground because the ground's thawing. 
and it's uh, releasing these otherwise trapped methane gases. And the reason it's thawing is because of man-made climate change. And now this release of methane is only, only uh, accelerating that. We're destroying the world, they want to tell you. All I'm going to tell you, if you believe in any of that, I'm going to have something for you. Get your wallet ready. I'm going to sell you something. Something big you're not going to want to miss. Just send me some money and we'll go from there. I don't know where people get this stuff. People believe it. The news is complete lies. You're going to hop out of the limousine on the way to the climate conference and ride a bike. Uh, Something I witnessed recently, I'll tell you this little story. I saw a group of bikers show up at a public meeting to protest, if you will. One of the guys, he had his one pant leg rolled up, you know, obviously to uh, avoid getting caught in the chain. Had his bike helmet on. And he told a very eloquent story about how him and his wife ride bikes as much as they can. How, you know, 88% of our trips are less than three miles from our house. And if we all biked, there would be no more greenhouse gases. And the methane would remain trapped in the ground. And we wouldn't have to listen to John Kerry anymore. That's really what he said. Not quite. But I happened to notice that he lived just a short ways away from where the meeting was. Happened to be when we walked out, he walked out about the same time as me. I was a little surprised when I saw him jump in his car and drive home. Pant leg rolled up, bike helmet on and all. Amazing, really, when you think about it. Everything today has become an illusion. We speak nothing directly except me. I speak very directly, or at least I try to. I do horse around, try to be a little funny. Uh, sometimes I use a little sarcasm, not everybody gets it. But I try to be pretty direct, and that's what I want to do today. There's a lot of problems in the country. There's a lot of problems in the world. There's always a lot of problems. Always is. There's always that tension. There's always poor people. There's always people in need. There's always problems, problems, problems. And in some ways, it's just a very thin edge, a very thin line, you know, between lights on and lights out. When you really step back and think about how frail it all is. At the same time, it's not really. In some ways, it's uh, really able to hold together. There's a lot of strength to our system, our way of life. And even the things that we've built here, great dams, highways, infrastructure systems, and inventions, and and people as well. But there's always going to be a natural tension associated with that. And that's why it's always important to remain diligent. Work hard and do the right thing. You can't stop. You can never quit. What's the non deficie? Sua sponte non deficie semper fidelis. On your own accord, never give up. Semper fidelis, always faithful. So, we need leadership to guide us, is my point. There's always going to be tough times, challenges ahead, and a future to plan. Another generation is always going to be on the way. How do we plan for that? What do we hand off to them? That's really what we're talking about, our legacy. And probably part of the reason that we see this evil effort to destroy the the natural family and the natural relationship that occurs between a child and a parent. Everything that we have in modern, not everything, but many things in modern society completely working against that. As it's always been, a survival of the fittest, if you will, a natural way of weeding out the weak. Brutal in many ways but necessary. It's the natural cycle of life. And so here we are. It's not easy, but we have to persevere. We've got to get through it one step at a time. And I don't think the answer is being nice. I don't think the answer is some kumbaya getting along. We've had some uh, rise of an incredible candidate, in my opinion, RFK Jr. Some of the thoughts, ideas, and ability to communicate it. Phenomenal. 
a real modern guy as well. And I think he's got a chance of pulling it off. Certainly has upset the apple cart. My wife said, that's what I think we need. We need more people that can speak to the moderates. Speak to the moderates. Bring people together, she said. Unite the country. And I hear other people saying the same. And that would be nice. I agree. I I would wish and hope and pray that it could happen. Uh, But I seriously doubt that that can or ever will happen. Some of the things that have gone on or continue to go on unapologetically, which is why I say that the there needs to be um, uh, um, some kind of a atonement, in my opinion. Um, people need to uh, really turn away from many of these things, ways of thinking, and they're not going to do it. Do you think that the, and I saw a video on this, and it's making its circles and uh, making its way around in other circles as well. It's not my, my own thought. But do you think that the parent of a transgender child that has had them transition, do you think that they're ever going to give up on that? Do you ever think they're going to say, like, you know what, I was really wrong about this. I just mutilated my child. I don't see that ever happening. It's particularly dangerous that they would continue this fight under completely false pretenses, lies at every level. Like a, mod- a lot of modern uh, things I've seen. Like free college, I say to people, what's free about it? Uh, 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 well, uh, uh, I mean, it's free to me. That doesn't mean it's free. And call yourself a boy doesn't mean you are. I saw another interesting little tidbit. They said, you know, uh, an anorexic girl, uh, she sees herself and she sees fat. And she wants to, she identifies as skinny, and so she stops eating to the point of sickness. Why don't Why don't we encourage her in that? Oh, okay. You, you know, you are fat, and you should stop eating. Why don't we say it like that? Well, because it's dangerous. That's why. Dangerous psychologically, dangerous physically, is it not? Why is it any less dangerous psychologically or physically to push this transgender nonsense? I don't know. I don't understand how people accept it. Now you hear these crazy statistics. Brown University, I think it is. Something like 40% of the students they're saying identify as LGBTQIA, B, C, D. I don't know where it ends. Where does any of it end? It's just like, let me try a new thing. The new rage. Let me get myself in the paper. But there's no turning back from it. You know, you don't ungay. You know, once you come out, you don't really put that back. You know, once you convert from male to female, I'm not saying they're both the same but at all. But the, the, you don't turn back from it. You can't unscramble eggs. And it's the same in that case. And so we're fighting an uphill, uphill battle is my point. And the ideologies that we have are very, very split. And I'm just giving you a couple little examples there, but it really runs down the whole gamut. You say, well, most of the moderates agree, but they can't even think straight. I'll give you moderate. Moderate on abortion. People I talk to, everybody agreed unanimously. I don't want to pay for other people's abortions. I said, that's what the fight's really about. Taxpayer-funded abortions. That's what they want to do. That's what Josh Shapiro, governor of Pennsylvania, that's what he wants to do. Wants the government to pay for it. Wants to force regulation in health care that forces you to participate in it through your health insurance. You don't like it? You can go without health insurance. Lucky you. I think I would prefer that, to tell you the truth. It's getting to be so crappy anyway, the way they've destroyed the whole system. Everybody I talk to said we shouldn't be paying for other people's abortions. Most people I talk to agree that, you know, 20-some weeks seems to be the moderate view. And most people would agree that they don't like the moderate people. I've found reasonable people, they don't like the idea. But if something cataclysmic happened, they wanted the ability to control that decision at home, which I agree with that. Okay? And um, 
I'm not saying I wholly agree with all that stuff, but that's what I found the moderate view to be. Not taxpayer fund that are forced to participate financially and, and reasonable other conditions in terms of, of timing and other factors that wouldn't be used as a contraceptive, if you will. You don't hear any discussion about any of that. I'll give you an even better example, something a little less emotional, and that is the national debt. The moderate view, everybody I talk to says nobody agrees with all this debt. Every time I bring it up, I hear from at least a listener or two that says, Chris, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the national debt. It's really amazing when you think about it that nobody cares. It just continues to go on. Well, some of us do. And there's a lot that can be done about these issues. And there's some of us that realize that foundationally, for example, the debt and abortion and the endless wars, RFK talked about this, I realize that the impact on our society, no wonder we're having the problems that we are. We've had generation after generation, decades now of young people that have been to wars and back. All these different labels of PTSD and commercials and support that comes and goes and all these different things. But at the end of the day, there's been many, many years of war, many, many men going away to war, many dying, suicides, the things that go along with it. You think there's any impact to that? The resources that have been pushed into wars instead of being pushed into other things like social problems? And this is what gave rise to Obama largely. Why isn't it happening again? Nobody supports reducing the military. Why? Not because nobody supports it. That is the moderate view, to reduce the size of the military, the military spending particularly. Why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? Well, the military-industrial complex has a real chokehold on this country, it would seem. All these things going on, the question is, what do we do about it? I keep saying that we need leadership. We need people that can get up, stand up, and lead. People that can speak up, make a coherent sentence, follow through on an idea, most importantly, defend it. I don't know. RFK and Trump, RFK Jr. and Trump, I would say to you, I see serious structural flaws in both candidates. First and foremost, I don't hear either of them talking about, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, I just haven't heard it, either of them talking about uh, reducing spending, eliminating the deficit, eliminating the debt, a, a plan to deal with it. None. Zip. Ending the wars. Not hearing anything about that either. Making sure that things like the COVID situation never happen again. The stolen election. I hear nothing about it. And these are the issues that matter most to me. We're not hearing anything about that. RFK Jr. says he supports uh, paying off this college loan issues and goes into very little eloquent dissertation as to why that could or should be. Well, I want to tell you, if these young people have been wronged by a a corrupt system, then I agree that they should get refunds. But I think the colleges should pay for it. Tell me where I'm wrong in that little move. So you see, RFK Jr. really isn't bringing it. Trump does in many ways, but he fails to step in, up and, and accept his responsibility or explain how he got caught up in the whole COVID thing, how he's going to stop these endless wars, but more importantly, what he's going to do about the economy and the debt specifically. So I want to lay out a couple things for you that I think are important to get done and why I think it's important. The first is every politician that you see, uh, they've got some kind, not every one, of course, but so many of them have this long trail of investigations and crimes and, and cases. Who's the guy in New Jersey? Menendez? I think that's the brothers in California mixing up the names. What's his name? I forget. Unbelievable to me, arguably what's called the most corrupt politician in Congress 
Democrat, by the way, from New Jersey, gets indicted, right? Government does its job, takes it to trial, jury trial, and the guy gets acquitted. You have to really ask yourself, how do you even, you know, and I don't know what went on in the trial. Maybe there's some disqualification. Maybe it was done purposely. I don't know. But my point is this. We cannot afford any longer to have politicians who, and, and some of this is going to involve a little trust. They could go into it more deeper, but more deeper, deeper at a later time. But I've seen firsthand how inexpensively political influence can be bought. Local leaders on your town council as low as $500, maybe 1000 2000 you can absolutely buy yourself access there. Uh, how representative, state representative, probably a grand, a couple grand. You'd be in like Flynn County level, same. Uh, state senator, I don't know, maybe ten grand. Federal senator, ten grand, probably you know at least get your emails answered. I don't know if it get your phone calls picked up, but it's not as much as you'd think. Many of these politicians. They're lawyers. They're involved in other other endeavors. They're uh, indirectly um, representing firms in some cases, and something has to be done about it. It's run roughshod over our constitution, and we want it back. We need it back dearly, and so I would say we need laws—laws laws that come from the people, not from the Congress. Laws that hold politicians accountable for corruption, anti-corruption laws. Uh, violations of public trust, I would call them, criminal sentences with forf- asset forfeiture and jail time mandatory. It's got to hurt so bad that there's no way they're going to want to do it. Do you understand? We need to begin aggressively banning organizations that are a clear and present danger to our country. And this First Amendment issue here with this, you know, and we got to be careful to preserve that very well. Then we need to ban the, the exchange of money, particularly from our own government, um, but any limitations we possibly can. And I'm talking about so- uh, uh, organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center. Why that's allowed to continue in this country, I have no idea. CARE, ACLU, ACLU all of them should be banned. We need to investigate the ties between vaccines and other ailments. And we need to make sure that the vaccines are completely safe and that all the information is completely transparent. I had a simple observation. Military. Through the roof rates of suicide for one, but I'm not sure there's a tie there. And, through, and it could be. Could very well be. And also uh, through the roof uh, rates of neurological diseases. Unexplained. Things like Lou Gehrig. If you served a day in the military, you develop Lou Gehrig's disease. It's called a presumptive illness. Illness. If you get a 100% VA disability rating just for walking in the door with a discharge form and Lou Gehrig's disease. That's not completely true the way I said it, but you get the idea. The, the, um, the neurological diseases... There's no tie. There's nothing. Deployment, non-deployment, wherever people were stationed, none. There's only one that I can see that somehow nobody else sees, and that's the vaccines. We received an incredible number of vaccines in the military, and I've seen so many of my friends firsthand suffering with these neurological diseases that I don't see in the general population. You want to know the truth? Open your eyes. That's what I'm telling you. There has got to be a connection between these vaccines and other ailments, and we need to know the truth about it. 
That's the bottom line. We need to know the truth about what happened with COVID. And all the money that was made by the pharmaceutical companies, by the way, needs to be repatriated. In other words, returned to the Treasury immediately. We need to work hard to rebuild small businesses in this country and, and at the same time uh, revamp the tech school system. That's really how we're going to, we need, you know, Biden now talking about, oh, the biggest investment in, in manufacturing infrastructure. Who's going to work there? That's what I want to know. Got it. And, and, and how much of it is going to be small business operated? All this big investment, big factories and big warehouses. I don't want to work for Amazon. I don't want to work for a big company. I want to start my own business. It's that kind of rugged individualism that made this country great, and it's that kind of rugged individualism that will make it great again. We need to stop borrowing money, plain and simple, and come back for come up with a plan to pay back what we owe. Simply morally wrong to do anything different, bottom line. And how important is that in the foundation of our country, that we're going to say that we're the greatest nation in the planet or even a solvent nation? How do you have any of that? If your currency is fake, because that's exactly what it is, it's a note, a promise, a good faith, nothing at this point. When you make a good faith promise with Biden's signature on it, you know what it's worth? About nothing in other places around the world. We need to stop borrowing money. We need to plan to pay it back. It will hurt financially, but it will do more to improve the moral course of this country than any other single action. At the same time, We need to encourage the development of new families, churches, and private schools. The easiest way to do that is through uh, tax breaks, financial incentives, and we need to do it. We need to do it quickly. Young people today, it's hard to raise a family, hard to find an affordable place to live, let alone raise a family. On the issue of guns and shootings and schools, we need to fully restore the Second Amendment and encourage responsible gun ownership. And we need to do that as quickly as possible to bring back safety to our communities. And this is another area where I want to tell you there's no middle of the road. There's no compromise. And I'm not really interested in coming to the table and having any conversations in that direction. We already tried that. Oh, don't you agree with reasonable gun laws? No, I do not. I I agree with responsible gun ownership. I agree with the strong laws that people are held accountable with no restrictions on gun ownership. None. That's the way I feel about it. Is it it a little bit rigid? I'm going to say yes, it is. But I'm going to tell you this, even more importantly. Forget about your legal feelings, your your, uh, emotional feelings and all that a second. If we develop a problem like they've had in France, do you think you're going to want to have your weapons or you want to rely fully on the government to protect your safety? I'll just put it to you that way. Now you say to me, we shouldn't have to worry about our children dying in schools. Yep, there's a simple solution to that too. We don't have these mass shootings occurring at schools and inner cities. We don't have them occurring in courthouses. And there's a simple reason why. It's called security. They got metal detectors, security. I don't want my child to walk into a prison. Well, you ought to look at what just happened in uh, China. Was it China? A school in China? Guy walked in with a knife. Metal detectors and security. It's necessary to protect our children in the same way that we do our judges and lawyers. I won't change from that either. We need to stop all mutilation of children. And this is a careful issue. If a child has a severely cleft lip, would you agree the cosmetic surgery to correct it? I would. I think it's a decent thing to do and miraculous that we can, quite frankly. How about the child with severely deformed legs? Would you do an operation to break their legs and correct it? 
Of course you would. Why would you do that? Because it's in the child's best interest. You'd allow the parents to do it anyway. But as far as removing genitals and, and claiming to be a different gender, uh, I would call it crimes against humanity. And any parent or doctor that would even attempt it, I'd have them jailed immediately, removed from society and their children. They're a complete threat. And if you don't see the nature of that right now, you better open your eyes, my friend. When they say they're coming for your children, I don't think they're kidding about that. I really don't. Not one bit. At the same time, we need to provide resources to fix mental health, drug addiction, and homeless issues in the cities. And it's not hard. They want to say, oh, we don't know what to do. We need to try something different. Now, let me tell you the simple formula of solving these issues. One, you've got to have good, um, effective resources in place. That's a fact. So when the person that hits rock bottom and they're ready to make a change, and you've got to have a place for them to go to make that change. It's very important, critical to the ultimate success of the plan. But it's not just that. Many of these people, it takes a while to hit rock bottom, and that's where the police can help. You know, and they're pulling them off the streets and they're putting them in jail and they got to go through the withdrawals and they're back out and back in. And if you can effectively do that with good judges and a good program uh, to, to deal with these things, very effective. There's one more piece of it. And it kind of goes back to the fireworks story. Not everybody knows this. Spent about eight years of my life working in a code enforcement department in a small town. Permits, inspections, property maintenance issues. I don't want to go into all that right now. But I can't tell you how important that work is into overall dealing with these social and crime issues. Why is that? Well, very simply, if you take away the place for the crime, the crime will naturally reduce itself. And that's the key. That's all we need to do. That's the simple template. Provide the best possible resources uh, to that. We can look to um, uh, Christian groups that have had good luck with this kind of thing. Um, we need to, to have those effective resources for housing, help, things like that. Uh, for the people that are ready for it, effective policing and, and strong property maintenance program in the communities that need it. You have vacant buildings. You know what they become? Flop houses where people are getting raped. I've seen it firsthand. It's no joke. Uh, what else do we need to do? Stop funding government propaganda, period. Okay? No more. It's going on all the time. It's going on in our military bases. This is why we don't have a commandant of the Marine Corps. Uh, officially, it's because of the, uh, the congressman won't agree to the, the uh, appointments because of the military's refusal to follow the Supreme Court on the abortion issue, which is unbelievable in itself that they're going to continue to do that. And through the guys that they're a health care provider, I guess, I'm not really sure. Somebody's going to have to challenge all that. But either way, the government should not be allowed to make messages and create a direction for in the way that people people uh, think and controlling that information. It's socialism and whatever you want to call it. Not a free society. That's what I would say. Reduce the size of government by 50% as quickly as possible. This is the real problem. People talk about the swamp. It's just too much government. Everywhere you turn, there's a Department of Energy, a Department of Education, a Department of Medical, a Department of War, a Department of Drugs, a Department of uh, Cyber, a Department of Female Rights. It's unbelievable. All got to get cut, cut, cut. Get people back to doing useful things that we desperately need. Make Social Security solvent without cutting benefits. Immediately disclose important information to the public, such as releasing all the files on the Kennedy assassination and the events on January 6th, disclose uh, and September 11th, disclose and dismantle all companies owned by the CIA, 
disclose all wars and gun interventions by the CIA, uh, disclose all elections the CIA meddled in. These problems that we're seeing today across the board, it's all avoidable. The right leadership and the plan, a plan based on truth and fairness, and returning to the things that made this country great, those simple ideals, hard work, doing the right thing, rugged individualism. There's a lot of labels that you could put on it. But self-sufficient people that were willing to, to step up and do what was right and what was necessary. we got to get back to that. We need another generation for it. It's the only, only way that it, that it survives. At the same time, the, the way of life that we have, we have to leave a mechanism to preserve it, not pervert it. That's our way back out of this. Hey, I'm not sure if I'm going to be back tomorrow or not. i got a couple things going on, uh, but I'll see you when I see you very soon indeed. Hey, let me know what you think of what I mentioned here today. I'd be anxious for your feedback. Info at ChristopherScottShow.com. I'll see you soon.